Good morning, jesters and jestettes and jesterians of every shape, size, and color. Got me a little J rolled here. Just taking little hits so I don't cough. That's going to be awesome. We're going to see if we can do this the entire fucking way through. So now, let's go ahead and start off the show with another phenomenal episode of Suspicious Observers and Mr. Ben Davidson. Here we go. Good morning, folks. Before we get started today, yesterday we went over all the changes ongoing in the solar system. It was not the day to miss the news. Most planets are changing even faster than the Earth is, and all those changes are either directly or indirectly related to the magnetic field changes of the planet. These were to be added to the body of evidence that we're starting the long cycle shift now. Let's go to the sun and peek in on the progress of the plasma filament incoming on the south. It is lifting slightly into the corona where it will be vulnerable to getting torn apart piece by piece by upper coronal processes. Over at spaceweathernews.com, We'll take a look at the last 24 hours on our star, and they were pretty quiet. The incoming coronal holes dominate the focus today. They will set the next seismic watch for increased magnitude tomorrow, and then deliver enhanced solar wind streams to Earth this weekend or early next week. Solar wind at Earth right now is calm. Let's go to our aesthetic piece and see a visualization of the Apollo walk from the landing zone up to the crater. It was along this path, and some of the evidence we went over in the disaster series was found. Let's move on quickly to fast radio bursts, FRBs. These extreme signals from supposedly deep space are the new flavor of the decade in astronomy, but many mysteries remain. Today, we learned about a process used to locate non-repeating FRBs by coordinating detection and global telescope efforts. Tech taking prestigious honors for their role in carrying out the first implementation of this plan and locating a non-repeater. We are moving on to the climate, and we're back at Dr. Spencer's blog. By the way, he and a couple other former NASA scientists really have the only blogs on climate change worth reading. He has re-examined his 2010 analysis of spurious warming, found even more problems. The numbers used to push climate agendas are not only off, but they are egregiously off, and in obvious ways that have been identified before and ignored. Instead, We've got grant hunters on the prowl in utter servitude to pandering political, claiming we need to cut 80% more emissions than we thought. It's a titanic number, and it would be to industry and the economy like cutting off your left foot before a 100-meter dash. Another top journal allowing basement-rate climatologists to use CMIP-5 instead of CMIP-6, which should get you banned from receiving a grant these days if science worked properly. But beyond that, those estimates of warming are based on the RCPs. These have been the subject of paleoclimate comparison failures, CO2 oversensitivity and bias, and overblown warming predictions. Of course, what even the latest models are fully missing is the particle effects of the solar wind and cosmic rays and the coupling of the interplanetary magnetic field. Here, a specific look at the Arctic brings us back to the dozens of papers showing how aerosols cool more than the climatologists realize, how they require an electromagnetic analysis in addition to the kinetic and chemical one, and whenever the particle forcing of the sun and space are involved, we're looking at the microphysics level of the clouds and climate effect. A beautiful nod there to how small irradiance changes in climate models really should include the massive particle forcing swings on top of them, especially at the polar region. Now, speaking of that amplification of solar irradiance change, 
that's the focus here. When the sun drops down, it's not just a little less light, but 100 to 10,000 times lower particle heating and an increase in cloud cooling. That part is driven by an increase in cosmic ray cloud production, and unlike previous studies, they are now not assuming those clouds trap heat. They're now properly suggesting it's those clouds reflecting sunlight that trigger the rapid glaciations, and no solar terrestrial physicist misses how work that situation is by energy from space. We greatly appreciate your support. Folks, a UPS truck blocked my entire neighborhood for 25 minutes yesterday while unloading our new books to us. The pre-order wait is over. They will be available for purchase again, including a PDF version, after we get the pre-orders out to all you gloriously patient people. Subscribe and we'll do this all again tomorrow. It's 6 a.m. in the new Valley of the Sun. Eyes open. No fear. Be safe, everyone. That's, uh... <clears throat> <clears throat> That's uh, kind of uh, intense. <clears throat> if you realize what's about to happen, twelve thousand catastrophe, twelve thousand year catastrophe cycle, which is linked with the uh, changing of the poles, the polarity. It's all uh, like he said in yesterday's video. It's all connected throughout the universe, so it happens. There's not a goddamn thing we can do about it. Makes you realize how small we are in the grand scheme of things. In the grand scheme of things, we're less than a speck of than a grain of sand on a beach, man. It, it's insane. So now, let's go back to the story of Jester's life. We left off. I had just moved to Minnesota Avenue off of Main Street in the University Heights area in Buffalo, New York. Whoa, whoa. I had a one bedroom. See, that's... I was living with a kid named Ian. I, I don't remember his last name. I just remember he was Jewish. But I didn't hold that against him. Ha, 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 ha. Funny, funny, funny. Ah, uh, so... Minnesota is the second time that I've ever smoked crack. I've only smoked crack two times. Minnesota was the second time. I had run into a guy that I'd worked, uh, I forgot where I worked with him at. I worked, I don't know, it was at, uh, Joe Bynum, uh, Bynum, uh, yeah, because when I was in Buffalo, I also did a little bit of door-to-door uh, -door work for Joe Bynum. Uh, Joe Bynum's home improvement. Not Joe, it was Clyde. It was Clyde Bynum I worked for. Joe was his brother. Clyde Bynum, he was a good dude, man. I miss that dude. He was he, he was a funny dude. He's the one who, he's the one who taught me that uh, slow motion is better than no motion. Fuck yeah, man. Shout out to Clyde Bynum. And Bynum Home Improvement. Now my fucking lighter died. God damn it. Now I have to go upstairs and get another fucking lighter. What the fuck is that shit all about? Bastards. Bastards, unless I can find another lighter with me. That one's dead. I don't think I have another lighter on me. That kind of sucks ass. So we're going to have to just pause this shit and go get a fucking lighter. God damn it.
Dagnabbit of the Dagnabbit Town. Son of a cunt. <laughs> okay. I will be back. Okay. I got me another lighter. Uh, come on, man. Come on, man. Uh, okay. Now I forgot where the fuck I was with the goddamn story. I was on Minnesota. Oh, I was talking about smoking crack. Huh? Oh, yeah. Because I was working for Clyde Bynum. And I think... I, I don't know if that's where I met this dude or not. He was... He was a strange dude. But... I, uh... I brought him upstairs. We smoked crack. And then I got a phone call. So I walked out. And he stole fucking $200 from me. It was for my, uh... Son's Christmas present. See, at the time, I was broke. <laughs> broke as fuck, so $200 was a lot of motherfucking money. But, like I said, that was the last time I smoked crap, ever. Oh, shit. So I'm just, man, I started knocking doors selling gas and electric. Yay! Hey, Jesters and Jestettes. I just want to take a quick second here to welcome 42 Degrees and Sunny to the Jester family. They have smoking deals on your smoking accessories. They're located at 50 Chautauqua Avenue in Lakewood, New York, or you can find them online where they're always open at 42DegreesAndSunny.com. And because you are a member of the Jester family, remember to type in the code SWED10 Save 10% on all your purchases. Remember, it's 42DegreesAndSunny.com. How can we brighten your day? Oh, back to the show. I, uh... Man, it took me probably... <clears throat> took me probably a good... Two months. No, I'm probably not that long. Because I wouldn't have done it for that long. A good month. Four weeks of, like, straight knocking doors... Before I finally figured out the secret. The secret is. That you are not. A salesman when you're doing that. You're an actor. You're acting like. You're just out. Running your route. You have a route. You have a whole bunch of people you have to get to that day. I need to see your bill. If you can't do it. That's fine. You have a good day. I might stop back later. I don't know. I I don't know if I'll have the time. And that just. That makes people think that. Oh my god. This is going to be fucking awesome. Yeah. I see. Around that time is where I became, around that time, <coughs> I became a card-carrying member of the Church of Scientology. Because I, see, I was confused. I, I didn't know, I, 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 I was just exploring religions because I, I just, I, I was intelligent and I just, I had questions that needed to be answered. So I checked out Scientology to see what that shit was about. And I'll tell you what. Scientology is scary. It is fucking scary. Because the shit they teach you, they teach you how to control people. Manipulate people. That's why I was so good at knocking doors. Because I learned from the masters of Scientology. How to fucking control people. 
You don't ask, you tell. Can I see your bill? No. I just need you to go grab your bill. I'll wait right here. Boom. Turn your back. Be busy. Always be busy. Don't don't act like you're waiting for them. Be busy. You you got shit you got to do. So go ahead and grab your bill. I'll wait right here. And then just go with writing. Writing in your in your notebook. <clears throat> I mean, I used to I I didn't have anything to write, so I'd write I just write uh uh what the fuck did I write? I'd write uh how oh what was I used to write a, a the tongue tire uh Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers. A pack of pickled peppers Peter Piper picked. If Peter Piper picked a pack picked a pack of pickled peppers, where is that pack of pickled peppers Peter Piper picked? I wrote that down so many times during my tenure of knocking doors. It was just, I had to be writing. I had to look busy. So I just, Peter Piper picked. Peter Piper picked. Picked a pack of pick. Pick a pack of pick. Pick a powers pick. Pop, 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 po! Big booty bitches. Go fuck yourself. But it doesn't matter. Because I was a Scientologist. And that's, that's when I really got into good, being good at selling gas and electric. Knocking doors. Because they... They teach you how to control people, man. That's why I am. That's why Scientology is scary. Because they, they, the shit they teach works, and it's scary. Yay! So, needless to say, I am no longer a card-carrying member of the Church of Scientology. That shit was creep, creep to the max, yo. Woohoo! So. <laughs> <laughs> Around this time, <clears throat> we had some people come in from uh, in Detroit to kind of show us what to do, to kind of train us, because the office in Detroit had been going forever, uh, run by a man named Jesse Warren, who, Jesse Warren, he, he's, a, he's a weird dude, like, he's, a, he's a weird dude, he's, he's a nice dude, but you see, he's, he was young, so I guess I can't really judge him. Because, shit, he was younger than I was then. And he was... This kid was fucking loaded. By houses and houses and houses. And it was crazy nuts, yo. Yay! Hey, all you jesterians out there. If you have the Cash App and want to support the show, our Cash App handle is The Promoting Jester. Y'all are very much appreciated. Be safe and make your decisions well. Back to the show. So, we had these people come from Detroit, teach us how to do it. I met uh, Marcus Horton, Jeff Sturgeon, and Maria Bruce. All came from Detroit to Buffalo. Now, me and uh, Sturgeon, this Jeff the Surgeon Sturgeon, see, every day, they, every day in the office, they did a top 10 list from the top 10 reps of the company all over the country. I was either number one or number two. It was either Jesse the Body Norod, me, or Jeffrey the Surgeon Sturgeon, my boy. We were we were the top earners of the company. We were making we were making bread, yo. <laughs> um, back then, <laughs> back then, <laughs> damn. Back then, I think I was only getting like. Eleven dollars and twenty. Uh, Eleven. What was it? 
It was eleven dollars and fifty cents. I think maybe it was twelve fifty. Yeah, it was twelve fifty per commodity. So if you get a double commodity, you get twenty five dollars for every house. Which uh, looking back, well, see, I had just gotten started, so that was I guess that was good money. But Jesus Christ, by the end, I was making seventy dollars for every every signature that I signed up. Well, at the beginning, I was getting $25 for every signature. I mean, that all matters. That all happens as you move up. As you move up from, you know, from a rep to a manager to whatever. You know, you get, you're getting more per per signature. Plus, you're getting all the, uh, the reps that you have underneath you. You're getting overrides on all their deals. I mean, it was a fucking... It should have been illegal how easy I was making fucking money. Oh, actually, it probably was. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit uh, Jeff and them They moved to Buffalo And then after about a month and a half Maybe two months Jeff and I Pack a trailer And we moved down to Baltimore, Maryland To open up an office in Baltimore We get there We're staying at a Red Roof Inn In Timonium, Maryland For three weeks Because when you start knocking doors, you have to wait three weeks before you get your first paycheck. And that is where I first met my boy, Ethan. I don't know. I've, I think I mentioned Ethan on here many times. He's like my brother. He's my brother from another mother. Now, Ethan, Gregory Strong, he worked for about two weeks. At the end of the second week, He's like, oh, God damn it. I'm getting all this. I'm, I'm, they tell me I'm making all this money, but I haven't seen a goddamn thing. Da, da, da. He was fixing a bounce. Because this hood, dude, you know, he was, he's, he's straight out the hood. This this kid. I love this kid. Um, And I just, I, I'm telling him, I'm like, no, dude, you're, you're killing it. Just wait. Wait one more week. You will get your paycheck at the end of next week. And I promise you, you've never seen a paycheck this big. So he waited another week. <clears throat> we finally got our paychecks. Woo, woo! We all just partied that that night, that Friday or Saturday night. I forget which one it was. That's where Ethan got his name, and I got my name, Ethan. <laughs> oh, this is a good story. Uh, Glenn was another guy that was down there from Buffalo. Uh, he loved karaoke and he knew I loved karaoke. So we all got paid. He calls me up. He says, Jesse, what are we doing tonight? I'm like, I don't know. I I really don't want to just sit here in this fucking hotel. He's like, look, I found a spot that's having karaoke downtown. Let's go see what it's about. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. The place was called the Blue Hippo. We were going to go sing karaoke at a bar called the Blue Hippo. So it ended up being me, Glenn, David Young, Greg Strong, and I think there might have been one more person. I forget who that one person was. It might have been Jeff. I don't know. But we end up, we go downtown, and we're going to the bar. We get there. I go in. I go up to the bar. I slap my car down. I'm like, I'm going to be here for a while. Let me get a tab. Give me a Bud Light. 
So I fucking give my Bud Light and I go out and I, I'm watching this kid sing. He's obviously gay, but he's, you know, doing karaoke. So I'm just sitting there, standing there, sipping my Bud Light, watching this gay dude sing. And Greg comes up to me and he's like, Jesse, I'm like, Gregory. He's like, do you know where we are? So I look around. I look around. I look around some more. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> so, <coughs> the Blue Hippo is a gay bar. <clears throat> we didn't know. We're new in town. So we uh, go outside. We start walking around and come to find out, go figure, we are in the gay part of Baltimore. I don't remember. Like, I never really went to... I never really spent a lot of time in downtown Baltimore. But, man, that night, <laughs> man, Greg comes up to me. And I forget what bar we were in. He's like, Jesse, what is the gayest name that you know? I'm like, Gregory? He's like, you're an asshole. No, it's Ethan. It's Ethan. So from then on, we just we call each other Ethan. For years now, he's Ethan, I'm Ethan. Ethan, baby. But, so we ended up kind of separating from the group and just going for a walk just down, we are down by the stadium, now that I remember. I don't know, I know that's where we ended up. Anyway, I don't know if that's where we started. But uh, we were, uh, because he wanted to go, whoever we were with wanted to go uh, meet, go talk to the new reps that we, uh, we were in Pigtown. Hmm. That's where we were. We were in Pigtown. And we had some reps that were from Pigtown. And uh, Gregory, Ethan, wanted to go see if he could fuck one of the reps. So we go to their house. And I swear to fucking Christ, every one of them motherfuckers were inbred. Oh my God. I could not wait to leave about that piece. So, I I don't know how or why, because that's just not what I would do, but I just left. I started walking back towards the bar, I guess. And this one dude comes out of this apartment and comes out of his house. You know, I'm talking how, you know, how my night's going. And and I told him how we just left this house where fucking everybody was goddamn inbred. And this dude hands me a fucking half a blunt and says, here, dude, you need this more than I do. And I'm like, good fucking shit, brother. You're goddamn right. So I'm walking between Camden Yards and where the Ra- the Raven Stadium smoking a goddamn blunt. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Then when I get back to the van, <coughs> ooh, so I get back to the van, me and Ethan, <coughs> and uh, this is about 2 o'clock, so everybody's fixing to go back to the hotel. But, Gwen left the lights on in his van. So, here we are, downtown Baltimore, no jumper cables, dead battery, we don't know nobody. Remember, we've only been in Maryland for two weeks, or three weeks now, living in a goddamn hotel, so we don't know nobody. I just take it upon myself to go out into the street... And start yelling for jumper cables. We need some jumper cables and somebody to jump us. I don't know. After 10 minutes, a cabbie pulled over. Jumped us up. We got home. That was a good shit. That was some good shit. And that's where we'll leave today's story. Coming back from uh, 
<laughs> that was that was my first night partying in Baltimore, man. Woohoo! Good times, good times. Now we're gonna go see what the Good News Network has to say about Good News in History, February tenth. Fifty years ago today, Carol King released her second studio album, Tapestry. One of the best-selling albums of all time, it won four Grammy Awards, including Album of the Year and featured number one hit singles, It's Too Late and I Feel the Earth Move. It's too late, baby, it's too late. I don't know if that's a song, but it's worth a try. Ah! Uh, it's too late and I feel the earth move that spent five weeks atop Billboard Hot 100 the brilliant songwriter also penned these memorial tunes for the LP you've got a friend so far away where where you lead and you make me feel like a natural woman you make me feel like a natural woman yeah, that's right. Not me. I don't feel like a natural woman. The cover photograph was taken at her Laurel Canyon home near Los Angeles. Holding a tapestry, she hand-stitched. Next to her cat, Telemachus? 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 I don't know. Wah, ah, ah, ah. More good news on this date. The first singing telegram offered by Postal Telegram Company. That was in 1933 on February 10th. Roy Lichtenstein's first solo exhibition opened, which featured his first employment of Ben Day Dots, speech balloons, and comic imagery sourcing. That was in 1962 on February 10th. The Clash started recording their debut album at CBS Studios in London on the first of three weekend sessions that would complete production for just four thousand pounds. That was in nineteen seventy-seven. It was seventy-seventh year of the nineteenth hundreds. Would that be the twentieth century? I think it would be the seventy-seventh year of the twentieth century. Woo, woo. Okay, stop. Iraq agreed to allow U-2 surveillance flights over its territory, meeting a key demand by UN inspectors searching for banned weapons. But we all know they had weapons of mass destruction. Fucking liars. Senator Barack... Oh, that was in 2003. Senator Barack Hussein Obama kicked off his historic presidential campaign with a speech at the State House in Springfield, Illinois in 2007. But yet still, Joe Biden received more votes than Barack Obama. Weird shit, huh? <laughs> Weird shit. On this date, in 1942, the first gold record simply sprayed with gold lacquer was presented to Glenn Miller by RCA to celebrate the sale of 1.2 million copies of the Chattanooga Choo Choo. 
the the publicity stunt was later adopted by the Recording Industry Association of America, uh, which began presenting actual gold records and also trademarked the motherfucking name. Oh, I added the motherfucking. That wasn't in the article. And 72 years ago today, Arthur Miller's Death of a Salesman opened on Broadway in the Morosco Theater. The story, featuring an insecure and mentally unstable salesman named Willie Loman, won the Pulitzer Prize for Drama and also a Tony Award for Best Play. Widely considered to be one of the greatest plays of the 20th century, the actors nominated for Tonys while playing Loman in four Broadway revivals include Philip Seymour Hoffman, George C. Scott, Brian Dennehy, and Dustin Hoffman. Woo woo! And happy birthday today to actress and producer Laura Dern, who turns 54 today. She earned her second Academy Award for her performance as a divorce lawyer in the 2019 film Marriage Story. See her Oscar speech below. No, I probably won't. Do you know what the leading cause of divorce is? Marriage. Wah, wah, wah. Now for the quote of the day. If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. That's Maya Angelou. I love this quote. I've heard this quote so many times. If you don't like it, something, fucking change it. Make a decision. Change your mind. You have that power. Don't anybody ever... You have the power to control your own goddamn life. Nobody else has that power. If you don't like it, change it. If you can't change it, change your fucking attitude. Change your mind. Change the way you think. Be a better version of yourself. Smoke weed every motherfucking day and make shit happen. This is a Money Bag Empire exclusive. Trunk Busters made this beat. I ain't make it, they did. You might not see me, but I'm on the scene. Got my double cut. And they real muddy Keep a bad bitch Always dress real mean You know my motto, nigga I keep it low-key Been getting money, nigga, low-key Used to sell blow, nigga, low-key Return to the Mac, young Goldie Still pippin' hoes, nigga, low-key Been getting money, nigga, low-key Used to sell weed, nigga, low-key Stay on the molly, nigga, low-key You only know this if you know me Let your shit bubble quiet See your hand and watch your money grow A few wise words, homie, from the OG, OG. Been stacking money up, nigga, low-key low key. Used to trap off the phone, switch it up with legit Now a nigga on his corporate shit Be the drug charge, be the gun charge Tell me why would I risk a bit? I'd rather be home Making that big Wanna live. Put my family in the big crib. Get dumb rich, do it real big. 
you ask me, nigga Tell you that I do it for my little kids And I don't want the fame I just want the bread You might not see me But I'm on the scene Got my double cups And they real muddy Keep a bad bitch Always dress real me You know my motto, nigga I keep it low-key Position on the missions, bossed up. Now a nigga getting big commissions. No love for no thirsty ass. Go digging bitches who add my riches. This rap shit the work, best believe I still got a plug. I think it's funny how every rapper out right now trapping.